Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, a Monday, August 30th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. This will be our last episode for the month of August, and it's our last month without hockey of some sort because in the month of September, we will get preseason games. In October, obviously, we'll get NHL games. The season will kick off. It's not that far away. As a matter of fact, just 45 days from now, the Flyers will drop the puck on the 2021-22 season. Also, I've added another countdown to my clock as the Flyers will open up their NHL preseason on September 28th, 29 days from now. We'll flip the calendar to September, not tomorrow, but the following day on Wednesday's episode, as a matter of fact. And so much has taken place since the Flyers played their last game. So much change this offseason has happened. Let's just take a little quick inventory of what has taken place. Let's kind of just start recently. The extension of Sean Couturier. The contract extension, two-year deal for Travis Sanheim. Carter Hart gets a new contract. The Flyers make a ton of changes. No longer here. Jake Voracek, Shane Gostaspare, Philippe Myers, Nolan Patrick, Robert Haig, Brian Elliott. Added, Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, Cam Atkinson, Keith Yandel, Martin Jones, and others. Nate Thompson. And as I kind of preparing for the podcast... Sometimes I like to just go on social media and type in flyers or whatever and just kind of see what pops up. And as I just typed in flyers offseason moves into Twitter, I see these two tweets. The first one from Tommy Tomasino. And he said, scrolling through my Twitter, this is on August 27th, scrolling through my Twitter feed and must say, I really had my doubts that Chucky could do it. But the Flyers GM has made the Flyers Nation really happy with the offseason moves, including inking Coots to his new deal. He says, the only one I question is the Thompson signing, but I can live with it, I guess. So that's number one. Another guy, Dan, the, out, the other guy, Dan, says, I was so down and checked out on the Flyers at the end of the season. You can see it's all out there. No, Not deleting tweets. It was justified. He said, but I must say, the moves during the offseason have been very encouraging and I'm ready for the season to start. Hashtag anytime, anywhere. Well, I'm with you, Dan. I'm with you, Tommy. It has been a whirlwind of an offseason. And we questioned. First, we identified the needs where we thought changes needed to be made. Then we prioritized them. And then we said, okay, realistically, how many of these changes can be accomplished in one NHL offseason? Have they all been accomplished? Those questions will be answered in the season. But there's a lot of change. And Chuck Fletcher was a very busy man in this offseason, and he accomplished quite a bit. And he's carving out a few minutes for us right now to talk about the offseason, the Couturier signing, and much more. And the Flyers president and GM, Chuck Fletcher, joins us right now on Flyers Daily. It's been busy, Chuck. Well, no problem, Jason. It's been, uh, it has been extremely busy this this offseason, and it feels like it's just coming to an end, and, and, and our development camp starting in two days. So we're it's uh, literally just finished uh, the offseason, and now we're into the season, it feels like. But it's exciting. It's exciting to see some young players uh, starting to come into town here and uh, get ready for this development camp. One of, the, one of the things I've talked about, Chuck, here on the podcast is that a lot of general managers and managers in sports will say, you know, what happened the past season was unacceptable. And really, you don't determine whether that was true or not from the general manager or manager's point of view until you see the actions that take place after. 
Um, you talked about it at the trade deadline that you were going to use that period as an evaluation period to kind of figure out, okay, what's COVID related? What's what's the fixes? Who, What are the right pieces to, to remain? What do we need to bring in? And you took that assessment period. And then by your actions, you've proven that what, what happened last year was unacceptable. Uh, did you think you could accomplish as much as you accomplished this offseason when the season ended? Because you had a lot of boxes to check, and you checked a lot of them. Yeah, we uh... – I wasn't really sure, Jason, to be honest with you, because it's it's difficult to make trades. And clearly we were aggressively looking to make changes and add certain pieces, but you never know. You never know if you have what the other team wants, if you have the right fit, if you can make the cap work. And, you know, we had to uh, aggressively move some, move some money out before we could add money. We, we moved some picks, we moved some good young players. Uh, so we, we certainly paid a price, but we felt, we feel that, uh, you know, certainly in the short term, our team is better. And we also felt that if our team would get better in the short run, that would also help a lot of our young players take the steps they have to take to get better, whether that's Travis Konechny or Sanheim or Farabee or Carter Hart, uh, you know, Morgan Frost, Cam York, all these players. We felt if we had a good competitive team here over the next couple of years with, with some key veteran guys that these young guys then would be able to take the developmental steps they need to take to, uh, to become the players they can become. So hopefully there's short and long-term benefits with the moves we made, but uh, clearly the focus was on the 21-22 season. This offseason in the flat cap world had to be more like a surgeon maybe than ever before in your career, in your dad's career as well, because of that flat cap and the ramifications. You don't know when it's going back up. The hope is you know maybe next year or in some limited way, but – uh, to plan long-term out is a little bit more difficult. So it took a lot of precision. And a lot of these moves, I would imagine, you know, maybe didn't come together in, in a couple of minutes. They took a lot of legwork, maybe multiple seasons to get to this point. Uh, is that kind of the way it broke down for you? Maybe, maybe the Atkinson one happened pretty quickly, but other than that, it seems like there was a lot of groundwork laid here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and players like Ellis and Ristolini and we – had conversations for a long time with those teams and we've been looking for some right shot defensemen for a while um you know since i've been here and you know we added niskanen and, and braun a couple off seasons ago and this year it was ellis and, and ristolane and so it's just hard to get those right shot defensemen so we're, we're constantly in communication with teams that that have them to, to see what the price would be if they would look to move them atkinson happened really quickly broussard happened really quickly um you know, Nate Thompson was somebody we, we knew from before, but, you know, we, we put a lot of work into this and we have real talented group here and Barry Hanrahan's a magician with the numbers and on the cap and, and Brent Flair and, and the scouting staff, uh, Tom Minton, a, a young guy in our office. These guys are really bright. They have a lot of great ideas. Ian Anderson in the analytics department. So we worked hard at the end of the season, put our wish list together, broke everything down, look at, looked at all the players and, got our game plan and, and, and went out. And, and I'm just kind of the uh, the ugly face of the operation, but there's a lot of smart people uh, behind that uh, had a lot of great ideas. And and uh, But it took a lot of work and, and not just to, to make the trades work out and to, to find the fit, but to make sure it fit financially and, and, and on the cap. And so it, it was challenging. It was a little stressful at times, a lot of fun at other times, but uh, you know, hopefully these moves work out, you know, the goal wasn't just to make changes for the sake of making changes. They, we, we tried to make targeted improvements and 
we feel we did and, and the test will be as we get into the season. I imagine that organizational flow chart of all the moves that you wanted to make and ended up making and all the, the forks in the road based on if we this happens or that happens was the size of a billboard at somewhere in that practice <laughs> facility. Uh, let's talk about Sean Couturier's deal because that's the latest piece of business that you guys took care of. You signed him to an eight-year extension, 7.75 AAV. Um, when I saw that, I said it's not, it doesn't even start with an eight. If you go into open market, it could have started with a nine. Um, that's a good piece of business for you guys. And I, I got the sense kind of from Coots at the end of the season, what he said is, you know, this is a place I want to be, um, but I also want to win. And I think probably what happened this offseason went a long way to, to you guys come to an agreement on this deal. I hope so. Um, you know, certainly um, I've had many, many conversations with Sean about the team, about his future, about the contract, and we worked hard together to, to come to this conclusion. And clearly, you know, clearly he deserved to be richly compensated for for the type of player he is. So that we, we understood that. And and the great thing was he was willing to work with us. Uh, you know, the CBA allows us to, to, to give him an eighth year, and that was – the mechanism we use to, to create what we feel is a very good cap number for our team while still paying him the, the price that he needed to be paid. Um, you know, he was going to do very well in the market as you alluded to. And so I, I think it's a, it's a win-win deal. He, he gets uh, a great contract. We get, we get an AAV that allows us to build around him. and, but he, he wants to win, you know, um, that, that's why we're all in this game and he recognized the importance of, of giving us that cap number and, and spreading spreading the money over eight years so we appreciate that and, and uh, you know in this system this you know the revenues and the, and the payroll are linked uh, we have to work together uh, you know sometimes you fight a little bit on the contracts but at the end of the day you have to work with your best players to win and that's what we did in this situation yeah imagine the first thing that an agent for Sean Couturier does is throw down that Selkie award right on the desk and that's a starting <laughs> point right and um but you know sometimes things you know are a little tougher to come to and Travis Sanheim you guys had an arbitration hearing scheduled uh at the club's request uh but you guys don't go to the arbitration room which is always a good thing and you get a new two-year deal done it's going to walk him up to unrestricted free agency but this this is kind of the player betting on himself and and you guys in a good situation as well uh, knowing that in a couple of years things go really well, then you'll be happy to pay the player. Exactly. We, we have a very good relationship with Travis, and I think ultimately he would want he'll want to be here long term. I I believe we'll want him here long term. And you know the reality of our salary cap was that we we probably couldn't get into buying multiple UFA years at this point. Um, you know, so we uh, we had an arbitration uh, case looming and. And based on what our our uh, our council was advising us, the, the number was could have been anywhere between 4.3 and 4.8 on a one-year deal, likely to be kind of in that 4.5 to 4.6 million dollar range. And so, rather than go through that process and maybe get a one-year in that four, five, five, four, six range, we said, you know what, let's just uh, let's lock in the second year now. And we were able to find uh, you know a number just a little bit north of. The anticipated one-year award and at 4.675 lock in that second year and uh we're able to speak to him as early as next summer on an extension so you know i, th I think uh, again travis was really good his, his agents were really good they recognized that we we put our money where our mouth was this summer we went about trying to improve the team we spent a lot of money and he was willing to do the short-term deal now knowing that uh, if it goes well that 
we'll find the way to get the, you know, find the dollars for him going forward. So certainly appreciate Travis working with us on that. And, and I think this, this will be a, a win-win deal for both of us. And, and uh, he's a good player. I'm excited to see how he does this year. Chuck, how important is it, you know, after this season, when, when Claude's contract expires, he, he's the only player that you have now that's north of $8 million at 8.25 in the final year of his deal. But to have all of these key areas of the organization wrapped up, whether that's Ivan Provorov or Ryan Ellis, your top pair, or a guy like Travis Sandheim, at least for the next two years, and then look beyond that, Sean Couturier, uh, Travis Konechny. But you all have the, you have all these players at, at no more than 8+. Eight, eight plus. That's a rarity in today's game, but what does that do for you as a general manager uh, and allowing you to have flexibility, not only maybe not this year with cap space, but going forward, and especially when that cap begins to rise again because you've got term attached to these players as well. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the, kind of the nature of our club. If you look at our club, we're a team. We're, we're, we're really a team, right? We don't have yeah. maybe those 50-goal scorer, 100-point guys. You know, That's just the way we're built right now, and we have some good young talent coming, but we're going to be a team that needs a lot of good players to win. We're going to win based on their depth, and but uh, good players cost money, and and uh, the fact that again, Coots is at seven point seven five going forward, it probably allows us to have more players in that four to six million dollar range where a lot of our players will end up. So, uh, you, you know, we're we have some good key pieces locked up. Uh, even a, a guy like Carter Hart, you know, for us in that deal. Getting that third year was huge. Uh, probably could have had a, a cheaper, shorter-term deal, but if Carter did anything over the next year or two, which we believe strongly believe he will do, that he'll bounce back, that third year may have gotten away from us. So, uh, you know, we're trying to set it up in this flat cap era. So over the next two or three years, uh, we don't have to, uh, move, you know, don't have to be backed into a corner and, and, and be under the gun to move dollars out that we can keep adding and and keep this group together and, and uh, have a, a real deep team that can compete with the good teams in our division. Um, w- one of the things that's been talked about this offseason is the character that you've added, whether that's a guy like Cam Atkinson, who couldn't seem more th- genuinely thrilled to be coming here. I mean, he's like a breath of fresh air. Uh, to Keith Yandel, to uh, Ryan Ellis and Rasmus Ristolainen, and uh, all these players, it, Derek Broussard, uh, are, are all high-character guys playoff experience with the exception of Risto. Of course, he was in Buffalo. But, um, you know, when you look at that, how important was that element to add for you guys? Because, you know, this game is, is, is fun when you're winning, and it's really fun when you have a great mix of players as well. And this has the potential to, to check both of those boxes. I think so. And it's important to have experience, particularly on the back end. You, you look, there's yep. not a lot of teams that have success in this league with the number of young defensemen that uh, you know we potentially could have had this year had we not added some some veteran players. So uh, you know, again, you, you hope there's continuity as we go forward. The veteran players come in, they help you win, they they set the tone, they they help create uh, you know that environment that you want your young players to to play in and develop in, and then those young players learn and grow and and, and uh, become the players they can become because they've learned from the right people. So. You know, the, the best organizations do this. Certainly we have work to do to become one of the best organizations, but that's our goal. And adding the people we've added, we think will help our team win, but also help our team in terms of growing that culture and, and, and developing these young players into the players we want them to become. One of the other things you guys did, you really took a, a, a really deep dive and, and look at all elements off the ice as well. 
the the mat from the management staff to all the you know strength and conditioning everything you did a deep dive and and, and an honest evaluation on everything you made some changes there with all hopes to to affect the team on the ice uh, and you're kind con- I'd say it's very important for all departments to work together for the same goal with it with the same kind of mindset how's it been working with AV this summer on a lot of the moves that you made because um, you know he, he's a coach that wants to do things as he sees it the right way and uh, to have the right pieces on the chessboard to, to deploy in the proper way is important to a guy like Elaine Vigneault and any successful coach. Uh, but to have that kind of congruency in all departments, I think is really important. Yeah, you, well, you can't have success on the ice unless you have a, an elite staff off the ice. And, and the Flyers have always had, uh, uh, you know, a great, a, a great staff, uh, you know, a deep staff. And, you know, we're fortunate uh, with Comcast, Comcast Spectacor, that we had the resources to, to hire the people that we need to hire to be successful. And, and uh, but we we've worked hard uh, to to upgrade in a few areas, to to bring in some uh, maybe some new voices, some voices uh, uh, from other organizations to to keep it fresh, to to bring some energy to our off ice group. Uh, in addition to bringing in the new players, to to bring some energy to our on ice group. So. It's going to be a completely different uh, environment around the team. A couple of the players that have come back and have been training here uh, have noticed that uh, some of the, the new, again, the new staff members, and uh, it's exciting. Everybody's getting to know each other and, and forming new relationships. And, uh, you know, it's going to feel like a completely different team this year. Yeah, there's going to be a, a, a far different dynamic and fans being back too, right? Is it, It's just going to feel so fresh and new. Let me ask you about Morgan Frost real quick because he only played a game in, uh, I think, a couple periods last year. And really since the pandemic hit, and you know, he was part of your expanded roster in the bubble at this time last year, if you can believe that. And then, you know, obviously he's coming in with an opportunity at this with the 3C position as being one of those ones that could, could be battled for. Uh, he's going to be a development camp for you guys. Uh, what do you expect to see out of Morgan? What's he got to do to make enough of an impression to, to make this club out of camp? Yeah, you know, you know, frankly, that's I'm not even sure that I'm concerned about that. It, you know, he'll make it when he's ready. Uh, you know, you just alluded to it. He's played, I think, four and a half periods in the last 18 months. Uh, so we, we need to do what's right for Morgan Frost and for our franchise long term. And, and uh, when, when he's ready, uh, believe me, there'll be a spot for him. But there's no timetable or no rush on my end. If, if it's right away, great. If it's, uh, you know, next January, February or March, that's great too. And the important thing is that we just give Morgan the opportunity uh, to get his game. Uh, not We don't want to rush him. We don't want to force feed him into the league. Um, he's a very, very important part of our future, in particular with Nolan Patrick having been moved on. He's our top young centerman in the organization. So, uh, again, there, to me, it wherever he's playing in October doesn't matter as, as long as he's in the right place for, uh, for, for where he should be from a developmental standpoint. And we, we have to take the long play on Morgan Frost. And if we don't, we're, we're going to hurt our franchise and we're going to hurt him. It's, it, it, you can't predict it. It's, his game is going to determine it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, the, the young players, uh, their, their performance usually dictates what we do. I will say that over the last few years, I feel that we've probably had to, I hate to use the term rush, but but certainly maybe push young players into positions maybe a little sooner than what you ideally would like to. So this year, whether it's, you know, Cam York, Morgan Frost, Wade Allison, Tanner Lazinski, 
you know, there's a whole host of young players there, Tyson Forster. Uh, let's do what's right for them long term. And uh, that's a, that's the beauty of adding the depth that we have that, uh, you know, these players can can play in the American League if need be. They can get they can have big roles. They can play under a really exciting new coaching staff and, and a really exciting new development staff, developmental staff. So I, I think we're set up to to help these young players and make them the best players they can be. And and we don't have to rush them. But if they're ready, they'll play. Uh, yeah, they'll knock the door down. If, if they're 90% ready, maybe maybe they're in Lehigh Valley. And I would suggest over the past couple of years, if they were 75, 80% ready, they were in Philadelphia. Yeah, and they'll knock. They'll, they'll they'll play. Will make it an easy decision for you. Last thing for you, um, as you go through this off season, you kind of take inventory of all the moves, all the changes, and you know now you're counting down the days to training camp. It's not far off development camp this weekend, and and training camp right around the corner. Your first preseason game, I think, on the 28th, um, and then the season starts October 15th. Is you know teams on paper are one thing; they have to come together on on the ice. And Travis Sanheim talked about it. He said, you know, Chuck did a lot this offseason to change this team, make it better, but it's our job now. Now it's ultimately up to the players, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The players and the coaches. I mean, clearly they're yeah. they're the ones that determine what happens on a day-to-day basis. And uh, But, look, I, I think this group is excited. Uh, there's a lot of returning players that are disappointed with how last season uh, – you know, what happened last season on both an individual and a team basis, we have some uh, players that we've acquired, uh, you know, that uh, may have uh, something that they want to show the world as well. So we have some players, I think, that have chips on their shoulder that are ready to come back and, and, and show that they're still good hockey players. So I'm excited about that. I, I think it's a really, I, I'm not saying we weren't hungry last year, but we were coming off a year where we had had some success. We got to game seven in the second round. A lot of people were predicting us to be a very good team and, and predicting big things for a lot of players individually. And I think right now, probably uh, there's a recency bias to everything. I think right now, probably, uh, you, you know, we're not perceived to be quite as good as what we realistically should be. And, and, and that's fine. I mean, we have to go out and improve it and earn it. And, and I think guys are excited about getting back out there and and uh, and showing everybody what they what we can be as individuals and as a team. Um, how do you count down the days now to, to camp after development camps over? Do you get away for a couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, you haven't had the normal full month of August to decompress, uh, like when the hockey world shuts down like normal. This is a little different. You're conducting business all the way up here to the 26th. I know. I don't <laughs> think decompression will be in the plans this year. We're full on compression, but. Uh, no, it's exciting I'll enjoy Yeah, it's, exactly. I'll enjoy development camp, maybe take a couple of days around Labor Day. But, uh, you know, at this point, uh, it, it's fun. And really, when you're when you're a manager, the bulk of your work is done in the off season, which is really our, our season. You, you know, the contracts, uh, you know, building the team, your cap issues, your uh, your staff, your your budgets, your team travel. Uh, everything gets done sort of in the summer and in the off season. And and uh, you get into the season, and sometimes there's only so much you can do. So I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where we're at in training camp. I'm looking forward to a normal training camp. I'm looking forward to preseason games. And 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 as you said earlier, I can't wait to see a, a full bar, you know, a full house at Wells Fargo. It, uh, you know, we got some fans back by the end of last season, but you know that place is electric when it's when it's full and the team's playing well and. 
And I know they'll do their part if we do our part. So hopefully we can deliver a product they're proud of. Yeah, well, after an offseason as busy as the one you had, it'll be nice to sit back and watch some hockey. Uh, and with, and exactly. a full barn, like Amen. you said, with fans. Yeah, it'll be great. And, uh, I mean, I hope you're getting the, the same sense that I'm getting via social media and just being out in public. And people are buzzing right now about this team. Like, they're really excited uh, about what can possibly happen this year. I mean, again, it's got to happen on the ice. But uh, uh, people are, people seem really excited, Chuck. It's It's been a, a very surgeon-like uh, off season for you. I'm sure you've been wearing the mask, so you had the surgeon mask on and <laughs> scrubs and the whole thing. But uh, I thank you for doing this. As always, it's it's going to be fascinating as we tick down the days to the season. Uh, enjoy that uh, long Labor Day weekend, and uh, we'll be watching hockey soon enough. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Thank you for your time. Thanks to Chuck Fletcher for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Back with another brand new one on Wednesday as we clip into the month of September. And the countdown continues, development camp continues as well and we'll talk to Derek Broussard another new flyer didn't mention him off the hop another new flyer added to this roster we'll talk to him on Wednesday's episode so in the meantime everybody have a great day enjoy your last couple days of the month of August hockey is right around the corner we'll talk to you on Wednesday's Flyers Daily